everyone and welcome to another Bible study at One Love Live here at Love Walk. I'd like to welcome you and I want to invite you to grab your Bible. As you guys know, we come together to read the Bible, to look into the Word of God so that we can actually um, sort of live this walk with the Lord and also, of course, to fulfill His purpose in the earth. So go ahead and grab your Bible. We're going to do a really interesting Bible study here. Um, I think this is a Bible study that every believer needs to hear. And so if you have a friend who you know is a, a real believer, I want you to pass this along to them because this is a scripture. This is a Bible study that we all need to understand and hear because I think a lot of times as believers, we are unaware of our work in the earth. There is a Bible study that uh, I did called... Um, your hidden gifts gifts and callings um, and that talks about the work that we as believers do um, and then there's also another bible study called uh, a royal priesthood and that is another bible study i want to encourage you to listen to as well and study those scriptures because it all comes back to this um, and we recently did a study now um, called we are together in spirit and it talks about kind of the congealing or uh, the grouping that occurs because of the Holy Spirit. So that kind of facilitates our work as believers in the earth and that we can't just sit back and, you know, kind of be recipients of God's goodness and grace, but that there's something that we must do. So let's go ahead and dive in. If you will do me the favor of turning to 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and 14, we're going to read our anchor text today. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. The second epistle to the Corinthians was written from Philippi, a city of Macedonia, by Titus and Lucas. Now, this is the very last verse in 2 Corinthians. It is the last. It's kind of like their sign-off. It's saying, you know, we wrote this epistle for you guys and he, these are the guys who wrote it and you guys have a wonderful day. So it's kind of like them signing off. But they said some very powerful things here in this verse and I want to highlight those. He says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. So we know there's the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God. So those are two things that he is saying, go with those. But he also says the communion of the Holy Spirit. And I think this is an important thing to understand is that we are in a kind of communion, a conversation, uh, an internal conversation with the Holy Spirit. There's something going on that's being orchestrated by God's Spirit through us. And so we have to remember that Jesus is Lord. What that what does that mean? It means he is a master and the word is a master. It has become a schoolmaster and a trainer. Do you remember it says that in the Bible that the law was a schoolmaster for us? The laws and the, you know, the law of Moses, it was a sort of a trainer for us and it was training us toward the perfect and higher law of love, which is the one that Christ is getting us to walk in now, that law of love, that law of understanding what it means to be a servant of Christ when it is written, 
the law is written on your heart. You're going higher than that law. So remember, once again, another thing, he brought grace. Christ brought grace and truth. So it's important for us to understand how these things articulate, how they stick together. Um, And this helps us to be able to live our lives better for Christ because we understand that God cuts into us with his love and that he writes his word on our hearts. And if his word is written on our hearts, what comes out of our heart will be his word. We will filter everything that we do, that we say through his word. And we will be learning to do that throughout our lives. The Holy Spirit brings communion and togetherness. Remember when they were in the upper room at Pentecost, they were all together in one place. And then they heard this rushing as a rushing, the Holy Spirit as a rushing wind. And do you remember what happened after the Holy Spirit sat on them and after they received the Spirit? I think something really powerful occurred. It says that every man ran out speaking in tongues, speaking in his own tongue, and everyone could understand each other. So see, when the unity was complete, they all ran out on their own because now they had a spiritual unity that they did not have before. Before they understood the words of Christ, before they followed Christ. But remember again, we learned that the Holy Spirit is, it leads, it guides, it corrects. So when the Holy Spirit came, then they all had unity. They all, they were all together, not just by the fact that they were in the upper room, but by the connection of the Holy Spirit. That is what we read when we read in 2 Corinthians 13 and 14, it says the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you. He's telling us something. You know, we sometimes we gloss over things in the Bible, but we don't understand these words really have meaning and they're really talking about some kind of phenomenon that we are experiencing. So every man ran out speaking in tongues. When the unity was complete, they all ran out on their own because now they had spiritual unity. The spirit brings unity. You and all brothers in Christ are working in unison. The Holy Spirit is leading you and all of your brothers in Christ everywhere, literally everywhere. I want to remind you again, you know, as we are priests, um, you know, under the Lord God, as we are priests, there is that ark that was in the temple. And I want to remind you what was in it. It was the manna, which was God's provision the budding rod, which was God's direction and and correction, of course. And then, of course, the tablets, which was God's word. And all of these things, God becomes for us in our life. And now that we have the Holy Spirit, we're seeing something really powerful. The Spirit is then the rod that guides and comforts. I want you to remember what David said. He said, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And when was he talking about God's rod and staff comforting him? Let's look at Psalms 23 and see what it says. It's Psalms 23, chapter four, it says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So he talks about this rod and staff comforting him when he is walking through the valley of the shadow of death. And surely if you are walking through a valley of the shadow of death, you probably need something that comforts you, something that guides you. And so he's not just, you know, making a really beautiful poem here in Psalms 23. He's literally telling you that there is this guiding that's going on 
sometimes in our darkest hour. And we have to understand that because of the spirit, all of us who truly believe and walk in the spirit, that's why the Bible tells us to walk in Christ. Because when you walk in Christ, you are walking and letting him guide you to the place so that you can come out of that valley. The man is Christ's body. I want you to remember that this is a really powerful thing to understand is that manna is Christ's body in that golden scepter in the ark. It's a kind of bread from from heaven. And if you can really think about it, Christ is a kind of manna because he was sent down from above for us to take eat to take of his body. Remember, he said, take and eat. This is my body in Matthew 26 and 26. And do you remember where it says, and man does not live by bread alone? Manna was a type of Christ sent to feed hungry souls in the wilderness. And remember, we talked about how Abraham was wandering in a wilderness as well. He's feeding us in a wilderness because we're looking for a city whose builders and foundation is Christ. And you're not going to find that on this world. So you need direction and guidance till you get to that city. So it's really important for us to understand that manna was a type of Christ sent to feed us. He was broken for us to eat. Jesus broke the bread. If you can remember with the fishes and the loaves, with the multitudes to illustrate that man needs both bread and God's word. Well, how do you say, well, I don't understand. He just broke that bread and everybody ate. Everybody was hungry, near to dying, famished if he had sent them away. But what did he do? He blessed and broke. This is very important. So he went to the father. He said, I know that you hear me. He went to the father, he blessed, and then he broke. And then men were able to eat. And it also illustrates the breaking of his body. Do you you know? And the breaking of his body was so that we might eat. Do you remember when he was in the upper room with them and there was during uh, the Passover, he broke, he said, this is my body. So his body had to be broken on the cross so that we might eat. So it's important for you to understand that we being living after Christ, that your body is also a living sacrifice. Remember it says that? So that means our body must be broken so that others may eat. Our life, what we're doing, how we're living. Sometimes you think it's a bad thing, but it's really feeding someone. Don't be uh, shocked or dismayed by a fiery trial. This is a breaking so that others might eat. I want you to understand that sacrifice is not just for burning, but also eating. If you, That is why I do encourage believers to read Leviticus, read about the priesthood because you are now a royal priesthood and you are making offerings now. You're not making offerings of sin. You're making offerings of relationship to Christ that help people to come in relationship. Remember, it says that, you know, we are part of the ministry of reconciliation. Well, your body breaking and that eating, that's a part of that ministry of reconciliation. Sacrifice, often people brought sacrifices that the priests would, you know, of course, sort of, uh, you know, roast and the people would eat it along with the priest. The priest had a portion and the people had a portion and they often gave some to the stranger and to the poor. So it's important we understand how things work in the Old Testament so that we can understand what's going on with us in the New Testament on a spiritual level. 
the tablet again in the Ark of the Covenant was God's word. And that word was with God in the beginning. So we understand that that word of God, it's been here. It has been here for a long time. Christ has been around for a long time, but God has sent that, that down to the earth as bread for us now that he, remember he said, he's the light of the world. I want to show you something in John one and one. It says that, you know, in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. And we also know that Christ was the firstborn. The word was the firstborn of man. So let's read John 1, uh, verse 1. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Let's just go down to 2. The same was in the beginning with God. So we're really looking at God being his word and his word being there and his word being a firstborn. We really are seeing that in John 1 and 1 that the word was the firstborn of many. So it becomes clear that we learn that the word is spirit. So God didn't say, let there be word. He just spoke and said, let there be light. Think about that. He said, let there be light. And that was his word that came forth. And I want to show you something really important here. So if God said, let there be light, he didn't say, let there be word. He said, let there be light. Then that word gone forth was Christ. The word gone forth was Christ. And that light was Christ. Remember, God spoke light first. He created the sun and the moon later. So we can't conflate light with the sun or the moon, which is something that we often do. We often think that, you know, the sun and the moon causes light. But the Bible says that God said, let there be light. So we're looking at something really powerful here. God says, let there be light. He's hovering over the face of the deep. And he says, let there be light. And light appears. What is that light also? It is Christ. He is the light of the world. Remember, if we are the body of Christ, we must become light too. A light to a dark world. And we must become bread too. So that means we have to feed others. When the Spirit came down, the church, all gathered together on one accord at Pentecost, scattered like broken bread for a hungry world to eat. Go out and be bread. I want to encourage you to go out and be bread. Go out and be light. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you.